Hey, everybody. We're back. Uh, I am Felipe, your host. We're doing part two, uh, finishing up the outfielders and getting quickly to pitchers. Uh, as with me, as always, is Austin and Sean to finish up this uh, two-part episode. So thanks for hanging in with us. Uh, so, uh, Austin, as we were talking while Sean was away uh, handling some technical difficulties, we just, uh, we, we, what, we, where did we leave off? We, we, oh, yeah, we decided why Eli White was valuable. So let's move. So I'm just going to quickly summarize the outfielders just for the sake of uh, uh, of it being out there. Willie Castro's on the list. Uh, very impatient hitter, but he's been very productive in the month of May. Uh, seven, ooh, But he only has a 17.1% hard hit rate, so let's not go there. Jonathan Daza, who Austin said, reminded him of David Fletcher with the uh, approach and all that. Uh, guy who has no home runs in course field, but, uh, you know, limits strikeouts. Uh, very aggressive swinger. And not very doesn't hit the ball with much authority but the the line drive percentage has steadily climbed and climbed and in that ballpark we talk about it doesn't just increase power it increases BABIP and average and a guy like Jonathan Daza uh 282 average last year he's up to 368 this year with a 358 expected batting average it's the highest in baseball I believe Okay. And uh, already caught stealing twice in the month of May, but is that a good sign that he is being asked to steal more bases? Huh? It's the, it's the Rockies. They have nothing to lose. <laughs> All right. Sh- shitty teams steal more. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Dale Hernandez also been very productive in the month of May. It seems like every podcast mentions him at least once a week, uh, which I don't understand, but uh, yeah, 44.2% a hard hit rate so far with a negative two launch angle. Sean, what do you make of that? Just a lot of ground balls, huh? Yeah, Yadiel Hernandez, I think it's one of those guys. He's a, a nice, like, professional hitter, but I didn't realize his launch angle was that low. I'm sure he's beating the shift a lot, too, because he's okay. one of those guys who has the barrel control to do that. And uh, Luis Gonzalez, I think uh, Sean and I, I'm not uh, Sean, Austin and I, when Sean was away, we talked about how we like him, but we just don't know what to make of his playing time in San Francisco. Uh, Lamont Wade Jr. just went back on the aisle with a knee injury. Yep. Uh, Lamont Wade was the guy that when he got called up, Luis Gonzalez, or when Lamont Wade got hurt the first time Gonzalez came up, when Lamont Wade came back, Luis Gonzalez went back down. And when Gonzalez was on the roster, he was playing pretty regularly. I actually had him for a bit in the 30 team and dropped him. I feel like an idiot now because he's been putting together quite the streak. We'll see how he does after coming back from the minors a second time. See if there's any adjustments the pitchers make. Uh, ben Gamel, who, uh, you know, patient approach, but uh, doesn't hit the ball with much authority, but he's been very productive in the month of May. He already has two home runs, taking advantage of the playing time in Pittsburgh. Uh, so just temper your expectations of Ben Gamel. He he was referenced in one of Eno's most recent articles about the hitters that are taking advantage of the deadened ball mm. in terms of increasing their line drive percentage. Uh, guys that have come out and said that I'm not trying to hit the ball in the air anymore, which is, he said that what teams were saying, you know, like hit the yeah. ball in the air, it's going to carry. Um, yeah. But Ben Gamble's one of like the top 10, 15 guys to, in terms of increase of line drive percentage. And he is at 33% this year. And he was always a high line drive percentage guy, but uh, doing solid, you know, he's nothing great out there, but you can do far worse. Let's see. So far in 2022, yeah, 269 batting average, but a 360 on base percentage batting lead off for your Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Brian Reynolds, uh, the opposite side. So far in 2022, 231 with a 322 on base percentage, but still batting third because, you know, Brian Reynolds. <laughs> Brian, yeah, which I, I had a feeling this was going to happen to him, but no one will, no one care to listen for my. You opinion. see, I, I would put Gamma lead off Reynolds second, Vogelbach third. 
Well, then what well, Cabrian Hayes can't hit second anymore? What's going on here? Well, Cabrian Hayes can bat clean up. No, man, it's too late. All the bats. No, no, no. All the bats. And then, uh, really, the last guy, Cole Calhoun, Austin's uh, guy. He mentioned his love affair for Cole Calhoun, not just because he looks like him, because uh, he used to play for the Angels. Aggressive approach, but productive. Has six home runs in the month of May, hitting the crap out of the ball. Yeah. I think uh, the outfielders, 52.6% in the month of May, hard hit rates with an exit velocity of 92.6. So, yeah. Uh, Austin had, believes in him. Sean? I had, looked, I had looked at Calhoun's numbers. Uh, just the other day, like this week. And I was like, I remember he was doing really bad. And then I saw where he was getting added in a bunch of leagues. And I went back and in April, he had a 164, 193, 182 slash line, good for a 375 OPS. And then in the month of May, 321, 381, 714, an OPS pushing 1100. Uh, Isn't it weird? Like you see a a guy like Calhoun, he's 34. It's on the older side for baseball. And then you, you see him have that terrible month and you're like, wow, he's done. And then he comes out and it's like, boom. (laughs) So I think it's pretty interesting. You know, he's a guy who the last few years really kind of rechanged his game to gear it for basically all power. When, when he was younger on, it was more like a batting average guy. And then he goes to Arizona last few years in LA and he's a home run guy. So uh, we'll see how he does in Texas, but that ballpark, um, it's not the friendliest, I guess, to power. So. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to starting pitchers. Austin, we'll start with you. I got a list of four guys uh, that we should probably talk about. Uh, Brady Singer, Justin Steele. Wow. Justin Steele at the top of the list. Johnny Cueto or Rich Hill. Who is intriguing to you there on that list? Uh, Johnny Cueto simply because, you know, he was down in the minors and now he's come back uh, to pitch for the White Sox. Um, the White Sox pitching staff has had some injury trouble. Um, Lance Lynn has landed on the IL. Uh, you had, I believe, Giolito on the IL. Yeah, COVID. Um, yeah, and then so, you know, it, he's had one game. So, you know, it's not anything special he, he did. But six innings, seven strikeouts, didn't give up a run. Um, you know, it's pretty solid, pretty solid first start. Um He's not going to throw the ball hard, but he's a deception guy with the wiggles of the, you know, yeah. the windups and the, you know, he's got the change up in the slider and the curveball. He's, he's still, it seems like he's still got pretty good stuff. Um, he's not going to walk very many people. He's not going to strike very many people out. He's going to rely very much on that defense. Um, but, you know, Johnny Cueto is interesting to, it's, it's interesting to see with a more pitcher's ballpark, like um, guaranteed rate field is, um, if he will have kind of a small resurgence in his career, he's also 36 years old. We've talked about it on this podcast. Seems like lately the older pitchers seem to do well. Um, pitchers get better with age. Um, so I'm really interested to see what Johnny Cueto does. Rich Hill. That's where we, that's was, was that one of the options? Rich Hill. Yeah. Yeah. But you only get yeah. to talk about one. Come on. Yeah. We, we gotta, we gotta get going. Uh, <laughs> last question. Last question though. Uh, Johnny Cueto. How, how do you think he's going to do against the Yankees today? Oh God! <laughs> Deer in headlights, Austin. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking to Sean. No, no, I'm talking oh, to you. I'm talking to you. Just to finish so, off on Johnny Cueto. Uh, how do I think Johnny Cueto is going to do against the Yankees today? Yeah, he's facing the Yankees today. Ah, uh, probably. <laughs> there you uh, go. So that, that, you're that was not so high on him, are you? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I, I didn't. I didn't say he was going to be great. I said it'd be interesting to see what he does. All uh, right. But in you know, against the Yankees, the Yankees are a hot bat. 
I don't, I don't know about that, but all right, we'll see. You never know. Uh, Sean Brady Singer, Justin Steele, Rich Hill. I'll throw in another name, Jeffrey Springs, the Tampa Bay Rays. Is there anybody you want to talk about from that list of uh, four that I just gave you? I was looking at a singer, and I'm still looking. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go singer. I, I just why I forgot who the other one was. You said Steele. I wanted to Steel. make sure I was picking the right guy. But yeah, Brady Singer, you know, another one of those former first round draft pick starting pitchers from the Royals that we've talked about for seems like forever now. Um, he started off the year in the bullpen uh, for Kansas City, right. uh, had a couple of longer outings, started the year in a three inning outing, gave up six hits, four and runs, three strikeouts. You're like, oh, God, here we go again. And then he had a scoreless outing and then he had a two inning scoreless outing. And then he was, I'm pretty, he sent down to the minors, yes, where he started three games where they kind of stretched him out. And then he came back uh, on what have been Tuesday, this past Tuesday. And he went up against the White Sox and threw seven shutout innings, allowing only four hits, no walks, nine strikeouts. Um, and this is interesting because this year, I mean, it's, I guess it was the same way last year. He, he's just sinker slider. Uh, he's got a, the changeup. He's only thrown 8% of the time, but, you know, he's still only 25. I'm not sure who his next matchup is against. I had it pulled up here. Um, but I, he's one of those guys, I guess, has shown the most success so far, especially this year would be Brady Singer. Uh, we'll just have to see. Okay, so he's starting today against Minnesota. Oh, okay. so, so I guess today is going to be the – is Brady Singer for real day? Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I just want to apologize to my fellow Cub fans. I've been kind of poo-pooing the idea of Justin Steele being anything more than just a, a back of the rotation at best, maybe a long relief pitcher out of the bullpen. And he's actually shown up in the month of May. Uh, and he's already got 19 strikeouts on the last two starts. Albeit it is against the Diamondbacks. Not that that's insulting, but it's it's against only one team. So I would like to see uh, an expanded uh, what do you call it uh, matchup? Uh, what what he does against other teams? But yeah. so far he's been killing it in three starts. He has a thirty seven point three percent strikeout rate. He's uh, limiting his hard hits. No barrels against them. Uh, the one problem is that he doesn't induce a lot of swings. He does make. Uh, a high amount of contact more than I expected. Seventy-two point six percent ain't so bad, and he has a what was this one? Josh on the uh, chase plus strikeouts. Oh, oh uh, um, called CS strikes. Double. Yeah, called strikes and whiffs percentage. Yeah, thirty-one point nine percent, which That's is solid. Uh, pretty damn high on this list. Only three starts, so and he's still. Uh, I mean, even Melvin, who was uh, on the, uh, uh, he was listening to our hitter, uh, our hitter uh, bantering in the last uh, episode. Uh, he even pointed out uh, that maybe he needs to work on his stamina. I'm like, well, yeah, what do you expect? The guy was relieving for most of the year, and all of a sudden he's being told to start some games this month. So, all right, so maybe maybe uh, I've been wrong about him. I just thought I just thought he was a whatever starting pitcher. So anyway, let's go on. Uh, Rich Hill, Jeffrey Springs, Adrian Hauser, or Chase Silseth, Austin. You got the. What do you want to talk about in that regard from those four pitchers? Give me the list one more time. Rich Hill, Jeffrey Springs of the Tampa Bay Rays, Adrian Hauser of the Brewers, or Chase Silseth of the Angels? Uh, because I just picked him up in the league because he's a two. He's got two starts next week. I'm going to talk about Adrian Hauser. Um, 
a lot, some people are not very high on Adrian Hauser, especially with some of the but other. Sean is. <laughs> <laughs> we meet him before you joined in the, the Zoom this morning. We were talking about Adrian Hauser. So, yeah, because I was trying to figure out who to pick up. I needed it because Eduardo Rodriguez went on the IL. So I needed to pick up somebody. And I figured Adrian Hauser was the best two star pitcher out of the bunch that was there. Um, so the, the thing that I'm concerned about with um, Adrian Hauser is. He it does not get very many barrels, but they still, you know, he's not going to get whiffs either. Um, he's not getting anybody to chase. Um, and it's looking like uh, he's in the bottom 8% of the league in terms of maximum exit velocity. Um, it looks like his average exit velocity, though, is very different. So his average exit velocity is at 87.8%, which is right around his career norm his max uh, exit velocity is 113.8 so you know he has been getting hit hard um 32.7 sweep spot percentage um you know he's i don't know uh his his uh k percentage is two percent higher so far since the last two years 2020 2021 were both 17 percent and the, and right now he's at 19.6 percent he's relying a lot on the sinker um in order to get his outs and he is i mean he's pitching to the tune of a what is it what's his era 3.68 yeah. so you got a 368 era or three two two. I'm yeah, sorry, three yeah. three two two ERA. So that's not bad, especially for a guy that relies heavily on his sinker. Um, in seven games started, I I I believe in Hauser. Uh, um, you know a little bit, especially you know he's he's going up against some tough competitors the in uh, this week with the uh, Cardinals and the Padres. So it'll be, it'll be tough, but you know, if you're looking for a two-start pitcher, you know, I think it's going to be the only other one that I was looking at was Chad cool. Um, <clears throat> but Chad cool has been Chad cool was like seven two four ERA in the last three starts. Yeah. Moving on uh, Sean, Rich Hill, Jeffrey Springs, Chase Silseth or Dane Dunning. See, I, I really was going to go Hauser. I was I was expecting uh, Austin to go with his Angels right? Homer. Yes, yeah, Solsa. That I, I was expecting that one hundred percent. But I'm going to go uh, over keep to keep guys on your toes. I'm going to I'm going to go over right. to the Rays. Uh, Jeffrey Springs. Okay. Uh, once again, just another arm that Tampa's bringing out, and you're like, okay, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And um, once again, he's a guy. Uh, normally a reliever. He has mm-hmm. had only started two games back in Texas in 2018 at the major league level, uh, started off as a reliever this year, and they're trying to stretch him out, which they have kind of successfully done in his last three starts dating back to May 9th. He's gone four innings, four and two-thirds innings, and then yesterday went five and two-thirds, gave up one hit, four walks, but struck out seven uh, solid lefty. Just, I mean, it's stupid. Tampa. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I, I, this is the the Jesse uh, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. They can't keep getting away with it, and <laughs> and Tampa continues to do it. Uh, just as, if anyone just wants to peek at the baseball savant, it's you know a bunch of red, typical for a Rays guy. Uh, fastball changeup slider mix. Uh, that changeups being used a lot against almost exclusively against the right-handed batters. And it has a 43% whiff percentage. Uh, the fastball 
is only averaging 91 and a half miles per hour, but he locates it well up in the zone. The slider uses both to righties and lefties. Uh, so far this year, the, his weakest pitch, but has historically been a, a solid pitch. Uh, but really, that fastball changeup against righties is, you know, uh, very, very, very good. And it'll be interesting to see how he goes uh, developing as a starter, at, basically at the major league, major league level. Uh, my guy will be Dane Dunning, because just because he has two starts, uh, he'll be playing against the Angels on Tuesday if all goes well, and it looks like he's being matched up against Noah Syndergaard, and then he's on the road uh, again, so there's a West Coast thing going on with the Rangers right now, and he'll be facing the Oakland Athletics, which is a very good matchup uh, next uh, week, this uh, next Sunday, I should say. Uh, Dane Dunning has, a issue with, has some walk issues, but... ERA is a little high, but in the month of May, he has a Sierra of Skills Interactive ERA of 390. So it's below fours. So that's a thing. Uh, it's 30% uh, outside the zone swinging percentage, which is pretty decent. Uh, he is getting rocked, though. He's getting rocked with a barrel rate of 10.6% and a hard hit rate of 40.4%. But uh, there's, for as many, for as bad as he could be, he's also shown that maybe he could be a serviceable pitcher. And he has a two starts coming up this week. So maybe someone you can might, might consider uh, for this upcoming week. Uh, let's see. Austin, back to you. Rich Hill, Chase Silsa, Zach Davies, or Alex Fado of the Tigers? All right. We'll go with my Angels guy. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah he wasn't going to let him pass twice. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Um, and s- simply because Chase Silseth is – doing really i mean he came up he got called up and through and through uh i think it was seven innings of shutout baseball like it was it was a really good pitching performance he's had yeah. two games uh he's had two games now he's at 10 and a third innings um and is at uh 261 era um he his fastball sits at about 96 at, on average uh he's got to change up a slider and a curveball um you know, with the uh, fastball, he likes to throw it high. It's a big, powerful fastball. He also has a split finger. Uh, he has a split finger fastball that he is really good at throwing low. Um, he likes to throw it in the lower part of the zone, right at the bottom of the strike zone, right at the knees. Um, the slider, he likes to throw outside towards right-handed hitters. Um, he's got a sinker that he hasn't thrown a whole lot. And the curveball, he's only thrown four pitches. Um, so it looks like he relies mostly on – three pitches to get out is the four seamer, the split finger and the slider. Um, I mean, there's a history with angel pitchers not being able to perform, but the angel pitching staff has also done pretty well this year. He's 22 years old. He's, you know, trying to figure stuff out. I'm not saying chase Silseth is going to be a great waiver wire pickup long-term, but he has, but there's something to say about him coming up, being called up and doing well right out the gate. Um, The, and I think the other benefit to him is he works quick. He works really fast. Um, so I was looking, I was watching an angel game. I believe it was his last start. I was watching a little bit and they broke, they broke down how quickly he works. And from the, from the pit, from the, from when the, when the pitch hits the catcher's mitt back to when he gets set was eight seconds. Yeah. I I saw that clip as well. And that is exactly, that is the minor league pitch clock at work. Uh, Cause he, this, these are the guys that are coming up this year, you know, making spot starts. These are the guys who have been playing under those rules uh, for the last few years. 
Silseth was drafted in 2021, has only made eight career appearances in the minors before being called up this year. I did not know that. He's 22 years old, was drafted in the 11th round of the 2021 draft. Wow, that's honestly kind of amazing. Yeah, his original ETA was for 2025, and the Angels like, nah, you're coming up now. Yeah, so. he he made uh, five starts for the the Trash Pandas, uh, 26 mm-hmm. innings, 37 strikeouts, <laughs> and got the call. Wow, that is wow. that's amazing. Uh, yeah. And where's he out? Oh, because so he was a, a college arm, so but yeah. that is a, that is a that is wild. I, I did yeah, not know that part quick. about uh, Soul Seth. Yeah, yeah, uh, eight, Sean- eight games in the minors, eight. I yeah, mean, I'm insane. an Angel fan, and they were like, the Angels are going to start Chase Silseth. I was like, <laughs> who? who? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I have no idea who that guy is. So, Alrighty. Uh, Sean, let's go to the bottom of this list. Uh, and these are some guys who uh, they are pretty bad in the month of May, but they've been getting a oh, lot of uh, okay. pick-me-ups. That's why, I'm, that's why we could pay the big bucks here. So let's go with the, these four bottom dwellers here. Tucker Davidson, Matthew Liberatore, James Caprillian, or Jacob Junis. Oh, uh, okay. 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 Uh, obviously Libertor is the fun name. Cause he just got called up and made his debut last night. I don't know how it went. Cause I fell asleep early. Does anyone know how that game went? It doesn't look too good from my end. <laughs> uh, uh, four and two thirds. He's at a seven seventy one ERA. I don't know. Uh, okay. So, um, that was four and two thirds, seven hits, four and runs, three strikeouts. Okay. I wasn't going to pick him anyway. I'm going to go with Jacob Junis. I know that sounds so exciting. The longtime Royals starting pitcher slash non-starting pitcher uh, who had like a career ERA of not good at all uh, as a Royal has come over to the Giants. And next thing you know, he has a 2.7 ERA. And you're like, wow, how did the Giants make him do that? And well, last year in 2021, Junis threw his slider 39% of the time and is a four-seam fastball 35% of the time. In 2022, Jacob Junis is throwing his slider 54% of the time and completely ditched the four-seamer. So the Giants basically said, hey, your slider's your best pitch. Throw that. And they uh, added a sinker, which, of course, the sinker is not good either. It was just like his four-seamer. But I mean, it leaves play- it right in the middle of the plate. I, I mean, but you have to think that the sinker usually pairs better with the slider because if they're both going to be, they're both going to start in the middle of the zone and you're either going to have to predict whether you're going to look inside or you're going to look outside. Uh, So this year, obviously the slider, uh, they're not doing much with it. It's not the greatest strikeout pitch whiffing less than 30% of the time, but not getting good barrels on the ball. So, Jacob Junis, interesting guy, only 29 years old, and the Giants the last few years really done this with a lot of pitchers. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say Jacob Junis, and we'll see how that goes, continues to go for him and the Giants. And uh, we, we got to mention, we got to talk a little bit about Rich Hill. I mean, I feel like we're kind of burying him, but uh, I know 42 years old, nothing too exciting, but he's been a turn. He's on the IL, isn't he? Oh, uh, I missed that. Um, no, oh, no, I thought I, I, just I didn't. I him. didn't see anything on the IL. Let me see here. Rich Hill, no, he's just ten percent owned. That's it. No. Uh, month of May so far, though. Uh, where was it? I know four fifteen RA, and the WHIP is really high at one point two three for a guy like him. But he has a strikeout to walk ratio of six to one. Uh, not giving up a lot of home runs, and has skills interactive ERA of three thirty eight. 
while you know he doesn't induce a lot of swings, he's not giving up too much contact either. And uh, CSW percentage, uh, what was that again? <laughs> call strikes and whiffs percentage? Uh, yeah, called strikes plus whiffs percentage. Plus whiffs, yeah. 29.4, which I would like prefer to see it at 30 or above percent. But 29.4 is right there knocking on the door. And the most important part about him is, uh, where was he? Ah, here it is. 36.6 hard hit rate, which is like, wow, that's pretty high. Well, not really compared to some other guys on, on this list who have, like, I don't know, Matthew Libertori getting 52.9. He's made hard. he's made one start. Ah, I'm just it's saying, one what, start. Oh, my God. On the list, man. He's on the oh list, so my God. you got to compare him. Uh, so, Rich Hill, middle of the road, middle of the road everywhere. So, if the matchup's right, if the matchup's good, he might be someone you might consider uh, uh, based on the uh, opponent that he's facing. Uh Let's see, who is he facing next? Oh, it's not safe, but okay, hold on now. He had a great start against the Rangers and a pretty good start against the Angels, and uh, he held his own against the Orioles yeah, in Baltimore. Rich so. Hill, uh, next two starts, he's got one Wednesday against the White Sox and then next Monday against Baltimore. And if that's the case, I mean, that's two starts right there, uh, not this week, but the following week. So keep an eye on him, see how, see if he, I mean, just because he's 42 doesn't mean we should just dismiss him entirely um i, I mean exciting, I, I, but... I wanted to talk about him but like you said it's like at 42 i think we we know what we're getting from rich hill and it's not like I... the, it's not the cy young rich hill but it's right, like the right. solid rich hill that we've seen the last few years in tampa and yeah. new york and who was the other team we played with in uh, uh minnesota there you go minnesota yeah. i feel like people are just i just of... wanted to say dick mountain there you go dick, <laughs> dick mountain uh, i just feel like uh he's been kind of uh just brushed off because of, he's with the Red Sox and they're struggling and he's 42 years old, but let's not give up too quickly on him. All right, let's go back to the bottom of the list. I just want to, let me give you average miles per hour on all of his pitches. His fastball <laughs> is 88 <laughs> miles an hour. His curveball is 72. He's throwing his slider at 69. I'm pretty sure Brett Phillips can throw 88 <laughs> miles an hour. Like Jesus, like, oh my can God, he? we're getting into like Jared Weaver territory here. Yeah, like, he's a Kyle Hendricks of left-handed pitchers. He's Kyle Hendricks of left-handed pitchers, really. I was going to go Jamie Moyer. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's, the obvious, that's the obvious answer. <laughs> well, Moyer had, like, the really slow breaking ball, too. Yeah. Like, the really slow. You know like, what that they all have in just, common? Like, loops up what, there, what, like, what do they have in common, Felipe? They all played for the Cubs at one point in their careers. Yes, they did. Yeah. There you go. Uh, let's see, Austin. Uh, I guess we don't need to talk about those other guys. Well, nah. Keegan Thompson... David Peterson, Jose Quintana, Alex Fado, Zach Davies is there for you as well. If you want to talk about him, um, or Tucker Davidson, no. <laughs> James Caprillion, such ugly, ugly. They're getting well, picked I, up. I'll, I'll take one then. I'll, I'll just go ahead. You give him the list again. I will take one. I know All who right. I want on this list. All right, last last picture for both of you then. Tucker Davidson, James Caprillion. Uh, Wade Miley, Keegan Thompson of the Cubs, David Peterson, which I'm pretty sure Sean wants to talk yep. about him. Yeah, of course you do. Uh, Jose Quintana, Alex Fado, Zach Davies. I mean, Jose Quintana is fun, but I, I I want David Peterson because this Go is ahead. a guy that met or not just Mets fans, fantasy baseball team owners and whatnot managers need to go out and add David Peterson. It's not going to be the sexiest thing. I, I'm not saying it will. He's not going to take the world by storm, but he is about to get inserted into that rotation. Uh, Mets have, of course, they're down both Tyler McGill and Max Scherzer. Now David Peterson was a guy who had already made a couple of spot starts for the team, uh, but was, you know, just left on the outside looking in after DeGrom went down and McGill took that spot. 
But now with Max Scherzer out, David Peterson was scratched from his most recent start, I believe, on Thursday. Uh, they were expecting him to pitch this weekend in the Rocky series, but I think they're going to wait until uh, the upcoming series to bring him up. Uh, solid, you know, three, four pitch mix, fastball slider change. There's a little bit of a sinker to get some contact as well. But that rookie year, everyone forgets the rookie year. And uh, they think about last year where he was just not good at all. Um, but that rookie year, he had one of the best four-seam slider combos in all of baseball. This year, he's actually the changeup, which was the pitch that we were all worried about, has been fantastic. They are, I mean, it, it, it's such a good pitch. I, I never thought he was going to be a good changeup guy. I thought it was just going to be four-seam sinker slider. But the changeup this year has been a legitimate weapon against right-handed batters to avoid them just kind of just teeing off on them. And the slider so far in his three starts, he's made uh, four starts. He's made four appearances. Um, his slider has a 53% whiff percentage. They're batting 063 against it, 176 against the changeup, and only 240 against his four-seam fastball. Um, he could work a little bit on his four-seam fastball, but he's actually using it kind of as a um, inside pitch to kind of back the right-handers off and get them off the changeup rather than just straight up in the zone to get some swings and misses. But yeah, David Peterson's a guy you definitely need to add. Uh, he's going to be in the Mets rotation for the foreseeable future. Shit, I forgot we still got relief pitchers to talk about. So you know what? All those other pitchers suck anyway. Uh, let's just <laughs> quickly move on then to relief I mean, pitchers. Quintana's having a decent season. Yeah, Quintana's yeah, yeah, really good. Quintana's <laughs> having a good season. He just plays for the Pirates, so he's no, I, really I, 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 I've considered picking up Quintana in a few of my leagues, but it's like every time I dig into his numbers, it's like, man, he's just not he's not that impressive. So we'll just keep him on waiver wires. But uh, no, I mean, I have Quintana in the, in the total basis league. So, yeah. So if you're desperate, go pick up Jose Quintana. He might be the only other guy that's worth mentioning here. Um, let's see. Uh, Zach Davies. Nah. Uh, Keegan Thompson. Mm. There can't be that many relief pitchers to talk about. Oh, man. Oh, man. There's always a lot of relief pitchers. But the oh, one guy God. I wanted to mention on this list is Clay Holmes, who. Uh, yes. He's under 50%. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it's, and I figured it's mostly because not every league is a holds league like our leagues. Yeah. So this is strictly from a saves only leagues. Um, is Clay Holmes the guy to go pick up right now in I mean, fantasy circles? He, he's already got four saves. I, I don't really know. I know Chapman's been very sketchy in that ninth inning, um, but I, I, I guess we'll see. I don't. I'm going to be very honest. I think it's time for Aroldis Chapman to change roles, not become uh, the closer anymore. And Clay Holmes needs to be the guy. I mean, I agree, but we all see. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, I, what should happen and what will happen are not always the yeah. same, especially he, with established major league veterans getting paid lots of money. I mean, we've seen, I mean, we've seen it with Craig Kimbrell, you know, he doesn't like it. I mean, these, these guys, they go in their hissy fits and I'm sorry. I normally don't like to, to, to just talk about these guys in that manner. But one, they go into these, these hissy fits like, well, I've been the closer for 20 years of my career. Why, why do I need to go into the seventh inning? Because they know. They know that the bread and butter, the way that they get paid, all the big money is that they close. Yep. So I feel like they purposely butcher games when they have to be pitching in the seventh and eighth inning. And we've seen Chapman in that role before with the Cubs. He doesn't like it. He doesn't yeah. like it. He wants to be in the ninth inning, ninth inning only. And because it's the easiest thing. I mean. Let me choose my words carefully. It's relatively easy to go in the ninth inning with the bases empty as opposed to what Clay Holmes does. And he goes in there with, well, he doesn't know when he's going to go in there. Whenever the Yankees need him, that's when he goes in. And 
now they realize, well, maybe he should be getting all the glory in the ninth inning. Why should we let some shaky left-hander do it? Uh, who's wanting to, who wants to jump in right now? Uh, if we're oh, – Oh, go ahead. Oh, um, in, in terms of relief pitchers, like if we're you're in a non saves um, or in a league that, you know, it's only saves um, if in a points league, I think I'd rather have Michael King. I'm not sure his ownership mm. rate, but I think I'd rather have Michael King in a points league over Clay Holmes just because yeah. the more innings and the numbers are just as good, if not a little better. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, I've been on Clay Holmes mark for like the last second half of the last season and and. You know, I wasn't sure what the situation with the Yankees were, so I didn't draft them in this in a lot of our leagues. But I made sure to pick them up in in in, in our holds leagues that we're in, and I'm kind of like this close to picking them up in in the Mardi Gras league, which is only a saves only league. So yeah, my, my thing with Holmes right now is like, yeah, he's a high ground ball percentage guy, but right now, according to Baseball Savant's batted ball profile. 83% ground ball rate. That, that's not sustainable. Yeah. That, that's not sustainable. I don't know, man. Uh, that's, that, that's, sinker, that, that's that not sinker sustainable. Plays, that sinker plays well. Maybe, okay, maybe so for his, sustainable. for his career, 58, 60, 60, 68. He's not in that. What was the last time anyone posted like a 70% or higher Listen, ground ball man, percentage? All, ever? All, I'm hearing, <laughs> all I'm hearing is a climb to eight. To shows that it might be sustainable. 60, 68, 83%. Why not? Why not? Nah. Either way, either way, if, if, let's say if he goes back to 60%, he's not going to, you know, it's not one of those things where, where it's like Cinderella and it's the clock strikes midnight and he turns into a rat or whatever. He's still a good pitcher. I mean, he was yeah, a good pitcher last year. Yeah, I mean, he's a good pitcher, but I don't know. I, this might just be him at his best. And for all we know that if they do throw him in the closers role, it's like, and then he suddenly regresses them. I don't know. It's it's a weird situation for me. Like I said, I, I think I'd, I'd rather have Michael be, King. In a the point next, like, he'll be the next. Um, he'll be the next uh, Zach Britton. That's what he's going to be. The right hand. I was player. literally just about to say that. Uh, Michael King owning forty six percent of CBS leagues, so uh, they're not too far off. Uh, what, what's Clay Holmes again? Clay Holmes uh, on that chart. Like Clay I Holmes was he jumped seventeen percent. He was owning thirty three percent. Jumped to fifty percent. Oh, now he's because he was forty nine percent this morning. So I think the kids are getting restless and the kids are anticipating. Uh, Emilio Pagan saves only leagues. Has uh, four that's saves. what I was. That's what I was just going to. I was just going to go to Emilio. Pagan. You trust them? You trust them there, Austin? Uh, I I mean, I'm just I just noticed that he got picked up a lot. I was looking very briefly at his uh, what he's done recently. Um, you know, he's picked up two saves in the last in the last seven games. I don't know if I trust him there because I believe the closer situation in Minnesota is up in the air. Um, I mean, he's got six saves this year. So if you're looking for saves, I mean, he's getting the opportunity to, to get saves. And Emilio Pagan is a 2 1 3 ERA. Um, so, 4 5 7 expected ERA. Yeah. So <laughs> he's, he's, getting, he's getting whiffs. His, he, he's not. He's not getting hit very hard. His hard hit percentage is forty eight percent. His average exit velocity is in the thirteenth. Well, it's in the thirteenth percentile, so that's not great. Um, <laughs> but you know, I it's looks like kind of a mixed bag because he is striking people out, but he's kind of getting hit hard. Um, so I don't know if I would trust him, but people are picking him up, and he's getting save opportunities. So yeah, I would I would just let other people pick him up because they have a guy who I would go and get right now duran duran they they, they they have they've shown no interest in letting him be a closer i know they, they want him to face the best batters 
in those spots. And I can see uh, uh, who's the twins manager. Rocco um, Baldelli. Yeah. Yeah. Baldelli has been like that for a while, even going back has, to like, yeah. so they they've asked him that multiple times and it's always, I want Duran facing the best part of the lineup. And no, I, I, I think that's it. where he, I think that's where he's going to get stuck in. I get it, but man, Duran is just—he's just lighting things up, man. And just—I mean, we talked. I know, I know when we talked about him about a year and a half ago, or maybe longer than that. Uh, that was a guy I was exciting for yeah. as a starting pitcher. I don't know if I—I—I I, I, I didn't think I was going to see him in, coming out of the bullpen and just be a fireman, which is not a bad role to have. But still, man, Duran as a save as a saves guy in fantasy, but that would be awesome. But I know that's not going to happen. But it's a nice to have. Yep. Nice to have moment. Uh, let's see. What's, what's he doing? Uh, oh, I don't have him on my list. But uh, anyway, uh, the other guy is JP Fire Reason. I know Austin, we talked about him. Not Austin, sorry. Sean, we talked about him um, before. I know uh, from a real-life baseball perspective, but I don't know if you like him in a fantasy baseball perspective. Yeah, it's just there's no way because he doesn't really get saves. They don't have him in line for the saves. They like him in – he started two games so far this year. I, 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 I yeah, he's on not very fantasy useful. It's that's that he's, he's great in real life. Great yeah. in real life, but not really fantasy relevant. He does have two holes this month. So if you're in a holes league, you could uh, take advantage of that, I guess, <laughs> I guess uh, Brock Burke from the Rangers is going to be uh, starting soon, but as a reliever, he's uh, pretty much held his own already has two holes this season. Uh, in the month of May, I should say, in the month of May. Uh, have you Wait, heard anything about Brock Burke or the they're, Rangers? They're trying to get Burke to start. I just saw. I mean, he's uh, he's. Are you sure start. it's not like like as an opener? Oh, it's probably well, as an opener because they've used an opener in front of a couple of guys before this year. Let me re, let me re uh, check that. Uh, he is needed on short notice. That was back on May tenth. So, um, and I saw he hasn't he, he hasn't made a start this year. Oh, he has. Uh, I, I could have when I saw him do at least one start. No, not yet. There was oh, like the, okay. I might be confusing him with someone else. And sorry about that. Uh, yeah, May May 9th, he went two and two thirds against the Yankees with five strikeouts. So maybe they kind of went to him on short notice to get some innings or something. I don't know. But right. the in terms of the Texas bullpen, uh, start keeping tabs on Jonathan Hernandez and Jose Leclerc. Uh, the elite dynamic duo that were in that Texas bullpen that both went down for a year and a half, two years, basically at the same time. Uh, they are both Jonathan Hernandez is a little bit behind Leclerc. Uh, they've both pitched in extended spring training. Leclerc is about to go on an, a rehab assignment. And so you're looking at probably less than two weeks for Leclerc and maybe two to three weeks for Jonathan Hernandez. Yeah. It looks like Joe Barlow. Uh, oh, I'm in the wrong thing here where do where, where my rangers go where my rangers go but i know i had joe barlow in a lot of my leagues because he was getting all the saves but yeah, yeah. He, he i think he's had like seven so far this year yeah um, but he's not looked too well the last couple of games and then he got hurt and i don't know if he's in the il or not i forgot what the injury was but it looks like the uh uh the magic has uh, run out for joe barlow as the closer of the rangers but keep like sean said keep an eye on it hey he's still in a one third one three five era granted expected era of five and a half uh he gets whiffs on like basically all his pitches but a little probably overperforming there he, he i yeah. think he'd be a good like he's still going to be a solid relief pitcher but i don't think he's going to be the closer 
granted, Jonathan Hernandez and Leclerc won't be the closer the second they come back. So that'll be a committee with riding the hot hand, probably. Yeah, he has a blister injury, by the way. Yeah, Finger yeah, the hot spot. The hot spot. I read about that. Yeah. Matt uh, Bush so, picked up a save. So when I when I picked up Barlow back in April, he was at a, a well over thirty percent strikeout rate. In the month of May, he's at twenty three point one percent strikeout rate. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? Let's let's cut bait right now. <laughs> let's cut it off. Let somebody else deal with that because I don't want to deal with that. All right. So that's that. And then uh, let's see. Anybody else worth mentioning here? Let me see here. Uh, Alexis Diaz got a save recently, but yeah, he's with the Reds. Yeah, he became one of only um, three pairs of people where both him and their brother recorded saves on the same day. Oh wow! Who's his brother? Edwin Diaz. Oh no way! Yeah, they're 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 siblings. Uh, oh, yeah, there were two that. other siblings to record saves on the same day. It was like one in the 90s and one in the 70s, I believe. Well, so far, he has a walk per nine of 7.27. So no thank you for me, man. That's Alexis Diaz does? Yeah, for the month of May, yeah. Oh, oh for the month in, of May. In eight games, he has uh, 7.27 walk per nine. So oh, uh, no thanks. But 31.6% strikeout rate. Oh, he's got nasty stuff, though. He's oh, okay. it's, it's so stupid. 100th percentile in fastball spin rate. 95th percentile whiff. Um, fastball slider, just like Edwin, uh, doesn't really throw as hard as Edwin, but I, I think he's a little bit more deceptive in the motion. Um, and the last two guys, Adam Simber, who has two saves in the month of May and Rowan Wick, who has, oh, snap. I didn't realize he had three saves already in the month of May as well. Uh, well, who's been closing for Chicago? I thought oh, it was oh, um, Robertson, Robertson, but, Robertson. Yeah, no, yeah. Simber. Simber's interesting that whenever Romano's not available, it seems that like the first guy they go to is Simber. Uh, that he has the the three saves. You know, the submariner, very different look than Jordan Romano. Um, right. So one. Uh, so they let's see. They recorded saves last Tuesday. And the two previous times brothers or yeah, brothers recorded saves on the same day were Todd and Tim Worrell. Oh, wow. Todd, Todd for the Dodgers, Tim for the Padres on yep. June 13th, 1997. The 90s. <laughs> first, the first brother, the first pair of brothers to ever do it were Ravello and Josias Manza, Manzanillo. Oh, wow. Uh, Ravello for the Pirates and Josias uh, for the Mets on June 30th, 1994. Okay. They were both in the nineties. Never mind. All in the nineties. Wow. I, I, that, Cause when you said Munson, I, I that, that name sounds familiar too, but man, I must have uh, fallen asleep on June 30th. Cause I don't remember that, um, but I, yeah, but I do remember the world brothers. So for sure. I do remember them. Uh, I didn't realize that Tom, or Tim was uh, pitching well into the nineties. Um, but then again, I must have confused him with his brother Todd, who I, yeah. I do remember. <laughs> I do remember vividly. What year was that the, for the World Brothers? I'm sorry, '97, I think. '97. Holy crap! Wow. Okay. It's a lot. Okay, I thought it was the early '90s, not the late '90s. Anyway, so that's it. Uh, Rowan Wick. Uh, he's still uh, listed as a setup man uh, for the Cubs. Um, gives up. Also gives up a lot of walks. Uh, 5.40 walk per nine. Um, doesn't and and unlike Alexis Diaz, doesn't strike out too many hitters. So maybe just a flash in the pan type of guy. And that's it. That is the list. Those are the pitchers that we wanted to talk about. The hitters uh, that we talked about are in the previous episode. Uh, and I think, uh, Sean, I think we decided that we're just going to skip next week and give you guys these two episodes and call it a week and a month and uh, recalibrate in early June. How's, how's that sound? Sounds like a plan. Awesome. All right. For Sean uh, and Austin, welcome back again, Austin. If I didn't say that already on the air or on the recording, welcome back. 
I am Felipe. We will see you next time in June. Deuces. Adios.